This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is Morning Breath. We are a drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. We take a chapter of the Bible, read it, spend some time in the Word, you know, do our morning devotion. Then we come down to the studios here at the Merritt Island Campus of East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about wherever God leads in the chapter. My co-host today actually is Pastor Brian Moore. How you doing, Pastor Brian? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Good to have you, brother. What's going on? What is going on? We, uh, you know, it's that time of year. It's springtime. Spring training is coming. Baseball mm. season oh, is. Oh. There's going to be the smell oh. of freshly cut grass, oh. peanuts, popcorn, cotton candy, orange, orange dirt. Something clay all over is your that shoes. Clay? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, Georgia clay usually yeah, uh, yeah. all over your cleats and all that. Baseball season's coming for all those yeah. that are out there wondering about baseball. It is coming. And can coming. you believe it? It's coming. I I haven't been wondering that. Yeah, nobody um, cares about baseball much, but I do. Well, I'm glad you do, and there are a lot of people who care about. It. I just I'm not. I've never been a baseball fan, and football's yeah. over. Wow, what a game! What a game! It was incredible. Incredible. Well, we're not going to say any more than that. We, you know, maybe those wings are. Uh, uh, yeah, what wings and things. Yeah, wings and things. Wings and things. Yep, our fast broke Sunday, and people were eating meat. They were running in the street eating meat. Uh, that rhymes. Hooping and hollering, or hooting and hollering, or something. Yeah, hooting, hooping, hoop, hooping, hollering. Anyway, yeah. well, even though we've uh, stopped the, we're past our first twenty-one days and the devotion that we wrote. First twenty-one days, we're past it. Morning breath goes on, and we're gonna do a regular chapter like we usually do. Did. Uh, Luke 6 yesterday, and we're going to do Luke 7 today, and we're going to go right on through the book of Luke. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's a great book. I, I, I like the uh, the descriptiveness of my friend Luke. You know, he uh, he's more descriptive here, and I, I really noticed it in the chapter we read today yep. uh, with the story that he told about the centurion that yep. I didn't notice, you know, in Matthew's account. He doesn't mention it, but we get a little fuller picture in a in Luke, you know, and I'll just say this: sometimes when you read one gospel or the other, and you see it's it's worded differently, or talked about differently, or even things are mentioned that weren't mentioned. When I was young, I used to think, "Whoa, why why does why is that that way?" But if you think about it, if all three of us saw something and then told the story about it, we might. You know, I might leave out something that Nick includes, and Nick's here running the board for us, and, or Nick might include something that Brian left out, or and Brian said something I didn't. And so, you know, it's just normal that when somebody tells the account that they saw, that they tell it from what they remember and what they saw in it. So, yeah, he's a very descriptive guy. Yeah. So should I tell people how to get on board with the Let's show? Let's do it, man. All right, so there's a few ways you can uh, join us in this uh, journey through the Scripture on a daily basis. Uh, we post the chapters on uh, our website, eccc.us. Uh, we also have podcasts of, uh, of previous shows, but if you'll click on the podcast link, actually, that's where the chapter list is. You could also call our church office, 321-452-1060, and uh, leave your information there with the operator. They'll send you out a devotion uh, via email or snail mail, if you'd like that, either way. If you want to stick it in your Bible, maybe, or do that. Or you can go on our, uh, our app. That's probably the best way to get connected to all things East Coast is through our app today. And so if you download the app through either the Google Store or your App Store of your choosing, and uh, East Coast app it's called, you'll see, similarly, you'll see an opportunity to uh, click on a link and um, take you to where the chapters are posted there, and we'll read a chapter every day together and uh, see what God speaks to you. And 
pretty often. Uh, he speaks similar things to uh, each of us as we as we yes. read the chapter, and that's pretty awesome that uh, that God could do that. He'd speak to each of us that way. And so, anyway, that's uh, how you get connected with the show. And thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a part of it with us, whether it's morning, afternoon, or early, early morning. Uh, thanks yep. for being with us. Yep, good to have you here. And so uh, there's only a couple things going on that we need to talk about. One of them's really cool, though. We do a first Wednesday a few times of the year where we have a special guest in. We have extended worship. We have food trucks out in the parking lot. We kind of do a little after-party hangout time afterwards. And uh, it's really it's going to be this Wednesday, tomorrow. Josh Monty is going to be here from New Sound Church. And food trucks will be here about 5 o'clock. It'll be a great evening. So if you're looking for something to do and want to get out and fellowship with some believers and hear a great message, worship like crazy, come on out. Yeah, we also have a, a Cupid 5K coming up, which is a fundraiser for our youth camp. If you're a runner, you're a walker, or even if you just want to come out and support uh, young people going and encounter God at youth camp this summer, uh, that will be Saturday, February the 15th. I believe the start time is like 8 a.m., might be 7.30. You should check that out on our website as well. But uh, get signed up. Maybe you would even just say, you know what, I'll go do that with my friends or go walk. Or uh, There is an early registration that deadline that's coming up. You'll save a little bit of money by doing it early, get a T-shirt and stuff like that. So it's a great, great event to support uh, young people pressing into God and going to youth camp this summer. And so if you uh, run in the race or walk in the race, you can, uh, the money will go to help kids go to camp. It does. And it's also a partnership with Project Graduation at Maryland High School. Come on. So maybe you're out there and you have a young person or a neighbor or somebody that's uh, going to graduate from Maryland High School, and we'd love to partner with them. We'd love to help provide a space, yep. a safe environment for a Project Graduation to happen. So we partner together to do that, and it's an honor to do it together. Yep, super stuff. So should we uh, lose seven? I'm in the New Living Translation. I think you have New King James over there. And let's see, we have 50, 50 verses. So we will break it up after, let me look here, after, I guess right in the middle. How about after, uh, there's a start of a sentence at after 23. So That sounds wonderful. All right, do you, wanna, do you want me to get you started? Well, if you don't get me started, how will I? Okay, I'm saying to you, Pastor Dan, read, sir. Now, when he concluded all his sayings and the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with them to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. 
Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and and all the surrounding region. Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist is sent to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? In that very hour he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and, and to many blind he gave sight. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things that you see, you have seen, excuse me, and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. All right, verse 24, Luke chapter 7. After John's disciples left, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No people, no people who wear beautiful clothes and live in luxury are found in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare the way before you. I tell you all who ever have lived, none is greater than John. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. When they heard this, all the people, even the tax collectors, agreed that God's way was right, for they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts in religious law rejected God's plan for them, for they had refused John's baptism. To what can I compare the people of this generation, Jesus asked? How can I describe them? They are like children playing a game in a public square. They complain to their friends. We played wedding songs, and they did, and you didn't dance. And we played funeral songs, and you didn't weep. For John the Baptist didn't spend his time eating bread or drinking wine, and you say he's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and of sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by the lives of those who follow it. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from the city heard what he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt uh, behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me a water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, 
Her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven, so she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, Your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, Who is this man that he goes about forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Ah, men. Well, two, two, two parts of the story really stood out to me. Uh, one I, as I read, the other as you read. I think I'll go to the first one uh, that came to me first, and that's this story of John. And John uh, called two of his disciples in verse 19 and sent them to Jesus saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? <clears throat> that's a really strange question yeah. from John, because John was the one when he saw Jesus who said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world, who baptized Jesus, who was his cousin, who had to know of his virgin birth. I mean, he was he had a really good background on Jesus. And the other conflict that the, we see going on here, I think maybe going on in John, is John, when he came, really kind of pronounced judgment. <clears throat> he talked about this fire that was coming, and it would burn, and the threshing floor, and the Savior was coming, and all this. But then Jesus was coming in full of mercy, and grace, and healing people, and delivering people, and so what's the deal with John? Why did he change? Why was there such a big change in, in maybe John from being absolutely sure that Jesus was the coming Messiah to now, are you the one or should we look for another? And I, for me, I, when I ask the question, the best I can come up with, he had some contact with his disciples because obviously he sent some to go talk to Jesus. But John went from being living outside, living in the, in the wilderness, to being confined in a jail. He went from completely open and complete fellowship with his disciples and, and, and huge crowds of people uh, who were there centered around God to being who knows what kind of people were in the jail with him, what kind of situation it was. I've often wondered, and is this an example of someone who through isolation begins to lose ground in their relationship with Jesus. And it makes my heart really move for people, for example, that maybe are unfairly incarcerated or people who end up prisoners of war or, you know, any of the things that we've seen throughout history, what that was like and how people kept their faith. You know, even Corey Tenboom, yeah. who was, a, you know, somebody who was a, a prisoner uh, because she, her family helped the Jews. And you look at all that stuff and, and just hanging on and believing God in an incredibly difficult situation. And was John having some doubts here? Yeah, you know, the, the value of community in my life, and I, yeah. I'm certain that you would say similar in your life, is I, there, there's, it's hard to put a value on how valuable community is, right? To stir up the things in you, to be alongside. I mean, Proverbs says, as you know, as iron sharpens iron, so one, one man's countenance another. We need others to, to build our faith, to, to stay encouraged, to be built up. And when you get isolated, it's dangerous. You know, like, I mean, you hear stories of people that are imprisoned by their hurt or by their pain oh, or by yeah. their bitterness. And it's not always just because they've been isolated in it's a good. jail somewhere, but we get hurt and we run away from the community that loves us most that could actually help us get out of the hurt and out of the pain. And it, I mean, I've, I've had the, the honor and the privilege of leading some small groups and freedom groups that we run here at East Coast. And it is one of the things that, that people really many times are dealing with hurts and bitterness and just things that have isolated them to forget how good of a God that we serve and how real and how big of a God that wants to 
just really loves you regardless of your hurt and your pain and your brokenness. And so I don't, I don't. I don't know what brokenness might be there or what hurt or what pain, but there might be something in anyone that might be listening today going, you know what, I've become a prisoner to that and so isolated. And let's just encourage you today, step back into community, let community help you and build you up. Wow, that's a great. And maybe one of those ideas on doing that is a small group. Yeah. You know, there's lots of them available, lots of different churches around our community, getting a Bible study, getting a small group, get around people. You know, most of the time when God sends help, he sends a person. Yeah. And in the case of uh, the chapter we read today, Jesus was going around helping people. You know, Bible says that he it was doing good and, and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Uh, when, when the world needed help, he sent Jesus. And very often he sends Jesus with skin on, somebody who's involved. And the other thing is you can impress from a distance, but if you want to have real impact in someone's life or have someone have real impact in your life, you got to get closer. There's got to be that community and that relationship where you where you get a little closer. You know, there's a lot to be learned from others around you. You know, like we yeah, we don't have it all true. figured out. And even later in this chapter, when Jesus goes to this house and this woman comes and anoints his feet with you know with this oh, alabaster yeah. oil, you know, there's something to be learned. Simon is learning something in the process of being in community and being in this moment with Jesus. Good. But it wasn't just Jesus and Simon. Like. You know, we can have great times with the Lord alone, and we need that. We need daily devotion. We need time with the Lord. But we also need time with people because we can see somebody else's gift on display and go, man, I need more of that. I am I am more like Christ because I see the gift of God in you, Pastor Dan. I, I'm more like Christ because I see the gift of God in Nick and so many others around our community that I can grow and look and go, I need more of that. I need to lay yeah. my life down yeah, better in more powerful ways. I need to serve more radically. And that's something that, you know, I've been challenged with to go, you know, just because I work in ministry, how am I serving in ministry? Where am I serving and encouraging and staying a servant? Because there's great, there's great things to be learned in this chapter about serving and laying down things precious and valuable for the sake of, you know, Jesus. And so I don't know, I, I'm, I was challenged by this chapter. You know, the other thing when you read this chapter, think about learning things through others. There is not enough time in a human lifetime to learn everything you need by personal experience. Yeah. You know, you I know that you teach, you know, pitching a lot of times yeah. to to kids and teach them how to pitch. Well, what are you doing? You're taking, you know, 20 years of your experience. Yeah. And you're condensing it down and offering it to an 11-year-old kid or whatever yeah. the case may be. And what do you do? You get him miles ahead of where he would be if he was just trying to figure it out on his own. Yeah. In fact, figuring out on his own, he may never really learn how to do it of course. the very best way. And it's the same thing with all the things of God. And the other thing is it's too painful in life to learn everything <laughs> by experience. You know, when your mom and dad said, don't, don't run out in the street, look both ways, you don't want to learn by experience you don't want to learn by experience that, you know, the, when when you run out in front of the truck and get hit by it. So, yeah, anyway, the, we're having a light problem here. It's not working. Sorry for that little pause, but we're back now. The light isn't going to work today, Brian. All right. We have a light that tells us what time it is, but now we have a clock. Yeah, don't worry about it, Nick. It's, we're just working through it, man. It's okay. This is live radio. Did you know that? Nick, did you know that? Yeah, he's shaking his head. <laughs> 
is afraid to get near the mic right now. <laughs> Nick's a perfectionist, man. I love him. I like that, Nick. Come Me on. Too. Excellence, baby. I learned something from Nick. Yeah, I we grow. We he, grow he, because of his excellence. And we need it. I don't want to learn everything the hard way, Amen. especially running out in front of a, a, a truck, spiritually especially, you know, in that sense of the word. Yeah. for I mean, my life, my, le- my life is testimony to the value of a coach, of a mentor, of mm, somebody who has good. said, you know what, I'm willing to invest in somebody else to give them an opportunity. You know, one one really made me close to home experience for me is, you know, last week there's, you know, a helicopter crash with you oh. know, Kobe Bryant and some of the other folks that were on that helicopter. One of the guys on the helicopter was very close to me, was actually a, one of my coaches, a junior college baseball coach of mine. And that person's connection with the University of Houston, he was an alumni of University of Houston that I played for. And he actually opened the door for me to go to University of Houston, where I eventually got saved. Like I didn't have a relationship with Christ without this man getting me connected to the next step in my life. And how many people have you, you think back and go, you know what, how many people have propelled you forward in your life because they took time or they took some skill set or something. We call them mentors. We call them coaches. We call them a lot of things, small group leaders, pastors, friends, a lot of those things, even bosses today. You've, you know, you've grown because somebody gave you a shot and, and moved you forward. And we need to be thankful for that process in our life. And sometimes, you know, there's there's great parts of this um, this chapter about the authority thing, understanding that there's yes. value in the authority that God has put in your life ahead of you and in front of you and above you, that when we can grow from that person and we can understand great what authority is, we learn a lot about faith. Yeah, and you know, there's a there's another thing just thrown in here that I think is, uh, is important is he uses the example of you're like children. Children sitting in the marketplace calling to one another saying, we played the flute, you did not dance, we mourned, you did not weep. And so those are two very opposite things. We played the flute and you didn't dance, this kind of celebratory thing. We we mourned and you did not weep, this sort of weeping type of thing. And then he uses the example, John the Baptist came, uh, you know, uh, not eating or drinking. And he said, you know, he, he, he has a demon. And I came eating and drinking and you call me a glutton and a wine bibber. And, and what he's saying here, now pay attention to this, is nobody could do anything right for you. Yep. Nothing worked for you. And you know what? We can get that attitude. We can get to the place where we're so critical of everybody else, we can't learn from anybody else. And, you know, we if you can find something wrong with somebody, there's this sort of uh, desire to throw them out. Yeah. Here's the truth of the matter. There's nobody... And I'm at the front of this list that you can come up with, well, there's nothing wrong with them. Just because there's something where there's, you know, something that isn't what you think it is doesn't mean you can't learn from them. Um, You know, I kind of made up my mind many, many years ago that I would try that every time I was with somebody to try to leave that person a little better than myself, uh, than they were before I I met them or got, got around them. And but the truth of the matter is, when I have that attitude, I end up leaving better than when I, you know, met them. I received something from them, and it's one of the things I think that makes East Coast a little bit better church than we could be, is that when we look at it, let's say a teenager, let's say a fourteen-year-old kid, we look at fourteen-year-old kid, we're not looking at them like they have the junior Holy Spirit or junior God or, you know, they. I can learn. From a 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid, I can be encouraged, challenged, you know, uh, spurred forward by a 13-year-old kid. Why? Because they have the Spirit of God within them, and I'm open to that in my heart, and I want to always stay open to that. 
And what criticalness or that view of, you know, oh, you got nothing. If you don't play my way, we're not playing with yeah. you. You know, if you don't if you don't understand the word just like I understand the word, I'm not doing it with you. And and that stuff will keep you from growing and learning and being who you're called to be. I think we're going to take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. We offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. The Mezzanine Church for Young Adults. Pursuing the presence of God both locally and globally, the Mezzanine meets at East Coast Christian Center every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Call 321-452-1060, extension 133, for more information. That's 452-1060, or visit mz9.org. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Welcome back, everybody. What were you saying, Pastor Brian, during the break? I like this verse, verse 28. It says, I tell you, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John, yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. That's saying that John was pretty much a beast. Like he was in the greatest prophet. I mean, mine actually uses the phrase, not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. So, I mean, if you take Isaiah, Ezekiel, yeah. all those guys. Powerful men of God. This wow. guy was by somebody other or somebody else's mouth. Jesus um, was was praised for the you know the value of what he had done, and yet he says that even the least in the kingdom of God, you and me as believers as followers of Christ, is greater than he is. And so wow. you might feel normal. You might out, out there just being like, you know what, I'm just this Joe or Jill or whoever you are out there. And you're going, you know what, I'm just normal, and I just feel like, you know what, just kind of grinding away, doing life. You know what? Jesus says that you 
are even greater than John the Baptist, who is greater than all the prophets. And so you've got some power on your life. You have some anointing on your life to be used, to maybe to be a mentor, maybe to be a coach today. Maybe you would be willing to learn from somebody beside you. But the truth is God wants to use you and you have a future that's full of hope, better than you could ask, think, or imagine. And so be used of God. Be willing today to say, you know what, God, use me. I'm willing to be used and let's see what God does. Yeah, awesome, guys. Have a great day. And and what Brian said was right. God bless you guys. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.